0: Welcome to the podcast of champions this is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United along probably with quite a lot that you didn't you can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So we're at Seal Hayne today, out at the training ground for this week's podcast. Tang of autumn in the air, bit of dew on the grass. Um, we're uh, we're going to have a little chat with, uh, with Gary Johnson before we do the podcast. This is uh, an extract from his uh, weekly press conference. The unfamiliar voice that you're going to hear uh, is that of Alan Richardson uh, from BBC Radio Devon. And uh, we're chatting to Gary about, uh, about the last week's events. And uh, the first question, obviously, is about Asa Hall. Uh, all shots should have gone down last season, of course, and we were reprieved because of the situation in Gateshead. Uh, I just wanted to ask you I mean, bearing in mind the situation you've got teams like Belly that could go out of business on Friday and Bolton as well, are you surprised at the way football is these days
1: from your experience? It's a lot of experience, isn't it? I've had a, I've had a lot of managers and not managers, well, managers when I was a player, but owners, people that run clubs, so you know, I know exactly how some clubs are run some are run very well and some not so well some take chances on some seasons where they go right we're going for it this year and if it doesn't happen they're, they're stuck you, probably players that are on hard wages at the same level um, so no, I'm, not, I'm not surprised because I think uh, sometimes teams can run away with themselves uh, for the right reasons they're trying to get you know, uh, some success it's uh, very difficult to, to get that so you have to you know, keep your house in order really and if, if you don't then you can come you know, come into trouble Because I mean Clark Osborne one of the things he always says is the thing about trying to make Torquay sustainable it's very important isn't it? it's very important and I think most of the clubs that I agreed to go to I've felt had that mentality um, and that was always important to me. I didn't want to have to worry about whether the players were going to be paid on certain occasions, that sort of thing. I wanted to make sure. I've always wanted to make sure that there was an ambition around around the club, um, and everybody wanted to improve, and everybody was ready to help it improve. And, and that's you know I felt that here definitely, um, and I felt it at the other clubs that I you know, managed to get involved with. So it's um, yeah, all's all's good at the moment here. You know we're in a good place. I think everybody seems to be pretty happy. We've got to keep that spirit going, keep that mentality, um, and not lose the ambition. Which in my opinion, the whole club has got that ambition, including the uh, the owners and you know, obviously Clark and, and George, um, that we you know, is our MD now. Um, we, you know, we, we, we talk about things all the time and we're just trying to improve the, the club as we go but we're, we're doing it within the constraints of, uh, not constraints but within the uh, within the what's the word, ring fencing of not putting the club in, into any danger at all. but um, yeah so that's what we've got to do, if we can do that and be sustainable then uh, that's what we, we all want to be uh, finally, yeah, just back to the game, obviously no ace, uh, how you looking otherwise, injury-wise? Uh, just Dicko, he's not available yet, uh, I think he's training today, um, so we you know, wait and see, uh, I think he had a, I've, I've not got the word yet, he had a uh, MRI scan yesterday, Yeah, had yeah, an MRI scan, do we know anything about that? He had it on uh, Tuesday, so. uh, is he alright? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Are okay, oh, we waiting for the that's why I don't know, they don't know yet. <laughs> but uh, he's had his MRI scanner which is checking that there's nothing untoward. Yeah. Thank you very much, Garrett, no problem. Um,
2: the way you've been playing recently, yeah. uh, you're trying to develop this high tempo, high passing pacey game. And Connor I think seems to have been quite an important person in that, the fact that you're playing someone like him up with mm. Jamie I'm sure whether you meant it or not I'm sure you probably didn't I know you did but has he actually helped to develop that style of play rather than people looking up and saying oh there's Matt Reed up there we'll get it up to him or or, or something else the fact that you've you've uh, he's helped to because yeah. he's not most people wouldn't have him down as a natural no that's uh, not a striker yeah, forward. Really, no fair. no and no. Reed
1: is improving judging by his goal <laughs> yeah um, but um
2: no, you, you, I mean at this stage of the season, trying to develop. Yeah, that. No, so I, I um, understand
1: exactly, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right because you have a, a way of playing in your head uh, along with you know our staff, and uh, you have to just put the round pegs in the round holes. Yeah. and uh, At this moment, that's what, what kind of gives us. But you know, Dukes is pushing for, for for that spot because after his goals the other night. Rory's pushing. Rory can play wide or up front, so he's pushing. Frank, you don't want to leave him out for long <laughs> because he's a he's a player. You have got Opie, um, uh, another one who's close. Busey hasn't yet been able to get in the squad, but we want to bring him in pretty soon. You know, so yeah. we, we we we're pretty strong in that, and all of them would fit in, I yeah. think, to our. Way of doing things, but I've got to keep a little bit of continuity. And and you know, seven points from five games yeah. is not the best. But we know that actually, in two of the games, Bromley, yeah. we could have quite easily won, and certainly Maidenhead. We lost two 0 but we could have won seven two. Yeah. You know so that's
2: I mean? four point five points that yeah. you didn't get. There which we you did, easily could. We didn't
1: get, but in yeah. my mind, I thought we played well enough to get those points, yeah. but yeah. we didn't. And right. that's how it goes sometimes, but yeah. hopefully we can have a bad game somewhere and win one nil. You know yeah. yeah. Well, I think even on Saturday in Dover,
2: much. you brought in Mo, uh, you know, and yeah. when I don't think many people were expecting to see him on the bench. Not only did it, but he got on. And, yeah, well, we needed to see stuff, Mo, so. and obviously he played. Yeah. He played um, in
1: the week as well. So, yeah. um, you know, and some people need a little bit of time to get into our way of thinking, yes. our way of playing, um, and. Yeah. <laughs> And then they'll get their chance if if they're
2: ready. Yeah, but it's interesting that, that I remember looking at the team sheet on Saturday and go, "Wow, well, there's no Mammy, there's no Frank, but yeah. Mo's in and yeah. all that kind of stuff." So yeah. it's just confirmation of what you were saying before, really, is, yeah. is that you've got all these options of people who are pushing and pushing and yeah. pushing yeah. to get into the squad. Well, if the, you need a big squad, one up so.
1: there, you know, to bash it up. To, so, I mean, Luke you know, didn't quite do it against Maine Ned, and we've had a sort of chat, but he's. He's decent in the air, the fact that he's yeah. six foot four sort of thing, yeah. but um so you can always use that when when we need to use yeah. it and we got you know, I think we've got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um if our squad gets too big, it becomes difficult because every week you've got to tell five or six people that they're not even on the bench. Now our squad hasn't got that big yet, but I'm still having to leave one or two off the bench. Do you know what I mean? So um and then obviously AC gets off, so obviously that moves everything forward. Somebody yeah. gets in, um, so you, you the squad has got to be a manageable number, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you get too many disappointments. I mean, you know, how they do it in the Premier League, I do not know oh. where they're got 40 pros, and they've got to try and keep them all happy well is they it, don't, <laughs> no. don't. Is, is it the 80,000 like. quid they're on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably what keeps them happy. Yeah, that's a good shout. What do you want?
0: Um, after the Maidenhead game you said you wanted a reaction from the players you wanted them to be sharper in both boxes do you feel like you got that at Dover
1: yes we, yeah. did, we did get that I thought we did very well in our box from crosses there was a lot of, that was their game we said that was going to be their game crossing and obviously they had the two big fellas up there um, and I thought we dealt with that very well and I uh, and I felt we got into their penalty area well. Obviously, we scored from a set play um, in the six yard box, and they to run about three kilometres in the build up to that corner. And I think the fella got bored and stopped marking him, so um, and that's what happened. So he scored his header, and then Reedy's goal was, you know, an absolute perfect team goal. You know, it was a great start with lift is it a 90 yard ball from the right wing the right midfield position right over to Jake who killed it with one touch Liam made a fantastic run down the outside took some give Jake the chance to play the exactly the right ball in the uh, second six yard which, as we call it and then really you know yeah. rolls like a gazelle and headed it in like a gazelle but no he edited it in well yes. very well. It's
0: almost like that routine in your DVD that you're working on up at South Devon College. Well,
1: it's funny you say that. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> and uh, it's another plug for our DVD. It'll pay off in the yeah, end. Yeah, it pays off in the <laughs> end. <you. laughs> All right, that's great. Brilliant. Thank number. you, Gary. All thank right,
0: you. No Cheers. So thank you very much to, uh, to Gary Johnson for having us uh, in the press conference this morning. Some interesting things to say there, as always, with Gary. It's never dull, is it? It isn't. Uh, as I say, we're here at Seal Hane. You'll hear the players in the background. Training is just getting started here on Thursday morning. Uh, no play yet in the third test, so Aaron Downs is um, is bullish about Australia's chances. He's in the, very confident. Yeah, isn't he, he is, here. isn't they're, he? They're not going to miss that Smith lad. They're not. And they, see, by the time you listen to this, there will have been most of a day's play, <laughs> so uh, so we'll know a bit more. It's a very special podcast this week as well because we're celebrating Reedy's header, well, aren't we? Now, 35 goals last season, all with left foot or right foot. Yeah, 32. 32. 32. So he's, he's
2: got 35 now. I overestimate. 46 games. What, is there, that's a, some a, return, isn't a, it? Incredible. Uh, who were they talking about? Oh, I know. Timu Puki of Norwich City hand on heart here for me a Canaries <laughs> fan um, all these goals in, in 19 whatever uh, 2000 and over the last 12 months etc etc et well he can't even hold a candle no so absolutely re-camped. not 35 goals in his last 46 appearances for
0: Torquay incredible and not only was it a header it was a cracker as well and as Gary said it came at the end of a, a flowing team move not unlike the one they were rehearsing up at the college in that DVD <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> which it took them quite a long time to get a right time, but, so, yeah. uh,
2: no no it was, it was a, a really good goal and, um, and by the way what a, what a huge result it, it was before we go any further it
0: was indeed we'll come back to yeah. that in a while because there's, there's one subject that we really we, we can't start the podcast this week without talking about Dougie Clark no Uh, great Talkie United player who died this week well
2: obviously many people listening to this podcast won't have known Dougie Clark and won't have seen him play Um, but in most conversations about you know greatest Talkie United players when it comes to the wing and particularly the right wing Mm. um, I know you've got the Ernie Pimms and the Ronnie Shaws and the Steve Morales and all that kind of stuff, but Dougie Clark was absolutely right up there. He he was one of Frank O'Farrell's first signings when O'Farrell took over in the summer of '65. A um, uh, Bolton-born, which yeah. was rather nice because both of United's wingers at the time, Ronnie Barnes on one wing and Dougie Clark on the other, were both born in Bolton. Right. But you could never imagine two more contrasting style of wingers Ronnie Barnes was all, if he could beat the full back at least twice he would do, hugely entertaining occasionally exasperating etc 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 You see the Calvin Kalano of his day (laughs) Let's not go there (laughs) at the moment but but fantastically entertaining and very talented Dougie on the other wing was all pragmatism substance over style Uh, whenever he got the ball it seemed like you always got a cross or a shot out of him um, regularly chipped in with six, seven, eight goals a season, and was a wonderful provider for yeah. for, for, for the forwards like Tommy Northcott and Robin Stubbs, and and uh, you know the ones who helped to make United such a fantastically successful club over mm. the next three years. Uh, he he'd been a huge favourite and has remained so at Hull City, where he played for nearly a decade yeah. before he came to Torquay. Um, uh, they he and No Farrell were very close. Um, yeah. uh, he, he, he knew exactly what. Farrell changed the style of the United team when he took over from Eric Webb was quite expansive mm-hmm. but occasionally inconsistent teams uh, made United much, more hard, much harder to beat and the results came and Dougie Clark was absolutely crucial in that whole business if he was a working right winger yeah. you didn't yeah. even have to ask him to drop back and help the full back tremendously energetic very fit uh, and not surprisingly for somebody with all those qualities a fantastic bloke as well Uh, um, very nice man yeah Uh, and when he finished um, playing for United he went to Bath City I think for a while eventually retired uh, and stayed in Torquay for the rest of his life Uh, ran a carpet business carpet laying business uh, which allowed him to meet and greet an awful lot of people over the next 30, yeah. 40 years when uh, working around the bay. Um, and very sad to hear that he's died at the age of 85. Yeah. Um, just a, I, I, He was a huge favourite of mine when I first started watching United in the 60s. Um, I was a right-winger as a schoolboy, not very good, <laughs> and I certainly couldn't go past people, which is probably why I was pensioned off at the age of 16 or so. Um, the fact I couldn't see what I was doing was uh, <laughs> another factor, um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, no contact lenses in those days. No, um, but um, and Dougie Clark was just a huge favourite of mine. I absolutely loved standing on the pop side, the old pop side, and watching him operate. He
0: was such a clever player. Yeah. and um, Our condolences go out to his family and many friends. Mm. I imagine Torquay fans will get a chance to pay their respects uh, before the Aldershot game on oh, Saturday. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. Was,
2: he was a proper. Legend I think is 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 an overused word but in talking United's annals he would he'll definitely go down as
0: one so to the team to Saturday the Dover game again uh, we were talking to Gary about it as well uh, neither of us was there but uh, after maidenhead oh. gary gary said they, they'd been they hadn't been sharp enough at either end they hadn't been sharp enough in defense they hadn't been sharp enough in attack he he called for a bit of a reaction. And he got it, didn't he? It was a, it was a much improved performance at
2: Dover. Well, I, th- I don't think there was an awful lot wrong with the actual performance against Maidenhead. And, and it was interesting, wasn't it, in the wake of that game that there was a few, a few moans mm-hmm. um, and people dotted around the ground have confirmed to me, yes, <laughs> the, the, the quotes moaners were at work.
0: What do people want, for well, heaven's sake? But anyway, but uh, it it, yeah. they did
2: lose at home to Maidenhead. It was frustrating. Uh, they played some terrific stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, that night they got beaten 2 0. Well, it happens, and we've all seen it at Playmore down over the years, haven't we? And I'm sure supporters of other lower division clubs and probably even Premier League clubs will tell you exactly the same thing. Um, but in the wake of that, if United had gone to Dover on Saturday, last Saturday, and got duffed up 2 or 3 0, I think then every, everybody, some people would have gone, Uh oh, yeah, that's not yeah, yeah. right. But the fact that United picked themselves up, Dover had beaten Chesterfield away, Barnett away and Wrexham at home this season already and I think if you put those three results together and United have gone there and won 2-1 on merit according yeah. to everybody I've yeah. spoken to up there, um, uh, that, that was kind of a vindication of the plus points that people were making against Maidenhead um, and apart from anything else psychologically hugely important to bounce yeah. back with three points there.
0: We talked about Reedy's goal. Uh, the other goal scorer up at Dover was, of course, the skipper, Asa yep. Hall, but he won't play against Aldershot on Saturday, no. uh, having been sent off somewhat controversially for a handball. Um, the ball came down off the bar. Asa didn't actually move his hand towards it, by the look of it, from what I've seen on the TV. It's, it's hit him, but it's hit him on the hand. Well, the one thing I will say the referee Alan Dale was in a good position yeah.
2: he had he was, he, the, the ball's hit the, back, the bar bounced down it, it's hit Hall on the arm the referee has got a pretty clear view of it from where I can see on the replay so we must A st- say that yeah. and in terms of an appeal the referee is, is going to stick by his decision because he isn't going to say oh I might have been a bit unsighted or I might have this or no. might have that no I think the referee would have gone no I've made that decision now, whether you think that it's worth a penalty, and let's face it, almost <laughs> in this day and age, <laughs> no matter what you hit in the box, is is, uh, is somebody somebody you're in danger of somebody uh, will appeal. Uh, won't well, they. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but whatever happened to the business of if you're not, you know, committing a a violent offence, etc., etc., or you know, a, a ungentlemanly conduct in the box? Mm. Whatever happened to the double jeopardy? A, a situation well, Okay, even just, if the referee thinks it's a penalty yeah.
0: to clarify that it, it, it was last season at last least season. it was supposed to be the penalty was sufficient Quite. punishment the, the
2: footballers didn't say this this was the ruling body said this. Yes. Yeah. but that's gone now well, uh, is, is the referee saying that, that 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 Hall was guilty of some dreadful offence over and above the fact that the balls hit him down off the bar and then mm. sends him off um, it was just it. I don't get that at all no. and, 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 but you know, I, th- I think, and Gary touched it on his press conference this morning, there is so much about the rules yeah. and the rule changes going on at the moment that the, the, the ruling bodies feel under pressure, well okay they've brought it on themselves a bit, they're trying to man it out at the moment by saying no 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 we're not going to change things. Oh yes. By the way, we will change the law about goalkeepers kicking the ball out of the uh, um, yeah, the, the penalty area because that's not working because it's yeah, not working. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether people have seen it, but but one or two people, one or two goalkeepers have kicked it to the defender inside the box. They flicked it up onto their chest or head, nodded it back to the goalkeeper, who's then punted it up the field because you can keep further punting yeah. it than off the ground. Oh well, they've stopped that. Well, come on, why didn't they, you know, the, 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 the ruling body, by the way, and let's just make this clear, everybody thinks that, oh, it's some international organisation out in Zurich or somewhere.
0: Well, Ian Holloway certainly uh, thinks uh, that, he, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, thinks it's yeah, to do with the EU, for yeah, goodness sake. Yeah.
2: No, hold on a minute. The IFAB, the International Football Association, um, um, something board, i forgot what it's called, is made up of the four home countries. This was established in 1886. <laughs> okay yeah. so we are to we are we are the ones to blame for this mind you fifa now have 50% voting rights yeah. before any laws go through but basically you know there's the english fa the scottish fa the welsh fa the irish fa by that i mean the northern ireland fa and fifa those are these are the people making the rules so we can't blame it on a bunch of you know, people from Tonga and, and Honduras and things like that. I'm sorry, it's down to us. We're yeah. the ones coming up with these things. Um, and it's not right. Yeah. A lot of the laws are not making sense to people. And the handball law is now one. You yeah. get, you, you get if it hits one set of people in the penalty area, it's not a penalty. If it hits another set of people in the penalty area, it, you know, etc. With the Man City Spurs one yeah. last week. Yeah. You know, and, 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 of course, you've got VAR yeah. factored yeah. in as well. Um, o- offside is, is a mess as well, that is as, as a result it. of
0: efforts to tinker with the rules over the last few years. Quite.
2: No, nobody pretends that these are easy things to resolve, of course they're not. But the way iFab is going about it, and of course what will happen eventually, the proof of the pudding will be when people, enough people start going, oh, I'm not watching this. No, that's and that danger is that that could happen. Danger is that that could happen, and once you turn people off something, it's much harder to turn them back on again. Mm. You know, it's it's like if people have watched Talk United over the years, and finally see a whole series of dreadful performances. And I, you, and I know probably know people who used to go to United, for instance. On a regular basis, just a few years ago, and yeah. haven't gone back mm. yet. They are now starting to, thank goodness, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you think of how hard United have had to work to turn the thing round yeah. and get them back. Um, you know, after those dreadful years when people were going, "I'm not watching that," you know. And it's the same in football generally. Mm. You know, yeah. it, you, uh, it, these things are difficult to resolve. Of course, they are. But but it's as if you feel like saying to the people that are lawmakers. Why didn't you sit down and have a chat to one or look, two people about this before you changed it?
0: Exactly. Get the managers together. Get some se- get some senior players together. Yeah. get You know, get just get a solid core of people who are playing the game week in, week out. Quite. And, and as you were saying before we we came on air, be just get them together and say, look, we're thinking of doing this. Yeah. This law
2: isn't right. It's causing lots of problems. What are your views on yeah. how we
0: might improve it?
2: Yeah. And then go away and, and, and have a think about it. No. They appear to sit down one summer or through the winter I'm sure they don't You can't imagine that situation I'm sure they're sitting down with the referees association Saying look how do do we tackle this What are the best options But it isn't working
0: at the moment In several areas Mm. That's true Um, Moving on from the Dover game then Before we get to the Aldershot game Which we'll talk a bit about in a minute There was uh, a midweek behind closed They played at Yates didn't they Yep Uh, Behind closed doors friendly between a Bristol Rovers development team Yeah, so that's basically their under-21 side And a Torquay United team Which included some of the players who aren't getting a game at the moment in the first team There was at least one trialist in there as well, wasn't there? Uh, And
2: scored two, by the way
0: And Torquay won 7-0 Yeah I mean, and Manny Duku got himself a hat trick. That's yeah. got to be a valuable way to spend an afternoon, hasn't well, it, for the club?
2: That, I would have thought, as an exercise, that ticked Ticks nine and boxes, a half out of ten boxes yeah. for um, for Gary Johnson. Uh, that the the players, um, you know, that he wanted to get game time did.
0: Yeah. Um, Manny Duku, who probably needed a goal or two. Got three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Took them well uh, by the we, we could only follow it on a very sketchy Twitter account from Bristol yeah, Rovers, yeah. which was getting and sketchier and sketchier as the game went on, to yeah, be honest. there you go.
2: Um, uh, and, and, you know, just generally speaking. Oh, yeah. did, did Motore get one as well? Um, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was. Yeah, pretty good news. Um, even Sean McDonald, who obviously didn't play at Dover, Lucas Cobelland. Congratulations to him, club yes. debut. Yeah. Uh, and Motore came on in the second mm-hmm. half. Two debuts at Dover last Saturday. Sean obviously didn't play at Dover. Got another game in. Yeah. And wanted to play. Yeah. Um, but Andy Collings, the young youth team goalkeeper, he got on near the end of the game as well. Um, so no, uh, and of course these reserve matches. Um, Gary Johnson is is does not believe that. Clubs at Torquay's level or even at League Two, a lot of them, can Mm. sustain first team, reserve team, youth team, all playing in consecutive leagues. It's it's a very difficult thing to sustain resource-wise. It may be fine in August and September, but later on in the season, he doesn't believe that clubs have got the infrastructure to do it and also the start the playing starts. So he said no, what we'll do is we'll concentrate our efforts on the youth team and the first team, and then play a regular series of uh, reserve friendlies, but he, he's very keen to make these a feature of the club's yeah. activities, yeah. and he believes uh, a bit like the old football combination days that the game should be played at playing more the, the home games and get people in and get yeah. people in and watch yeah. them. Open the bar uh, if you get 250 people in. Well, and, and and it's re- and it's cost-effective enough. Obviously, you don't want to lose a load of money over it. Um, and uh, he said he wouldn't mind if anybody comes up to him after and said, "Oi, why, why isn't he in the first team, Gaffer?" Uh, Etc. That's all part and parcel, you know. And, um, and that
0: that trip to Bristol midweek will have um, will have underlined that, won't it? Yeah. Will have, and yeah.
2: and of course these games, you know, will, will be against I think you know the Exodus and the Plymouths, mm. and I dare say Bristol City might be involved at some stage. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I, I think. We've always enjoyed reserve team football. There's we? something
0: about a, a, yeah. a midweek afternoon Quite. at the reserve team and, football and when you're supposed working, to be working. You are. Yeah, yeah
2: but uh, all right, it was okay for us we could <laughs> bunk off maybe for a quiet hour and a yeah. half on a Wednesday afternoon. But if you if you put the the kick-off time at say 5, 5:30 yeah. Yeah. or even of an evening, um you know, people would be up people for that, go, especially if it's costing, I don't know couple of quid to get in tops something like that just to just to, and it just helps to generate a bit more interest yeah <clears throat> if you're playing one or two youth team players their family and friends go go along yeah what's well, not to like
0: absolutely uh, one thing that will generate a lot of interest in the club uh this weekend is being on the telly again yeah um as gary was just saying set your video and come to the game though it I talk here on bt sport the kick-off against Aldershot on Saturday is 5.20. Yeah. Get there early anyway, have a pint. But, um, yeah, it's I, we can expect a decent crowd. And as Gary was saying, you know, it, it's a good opportunity to showcase the club on the so. TV, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I mean, Plainmore's pretty good place on a match day anyway. It's a good-looking ground on yeah, TV, isn't it? It's a good-looking it? ground yeah. on TV. Yeah. That, that, or the cameras are on the top of the pop side, so you don't see the pop side. So it's a bit of a shame, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, the BT coverage is pretty good. I've, yeah, you and I have yeah. both sort of watched it. They make a bit of an effort. Um, I meant to ask
0: Gary about this business. Isn't it BT who sends somebody down to interview the managers during the game <laughs> yes. on the touchline? <laughs> I meant to ask him how he feels about that. Yes. So uh,
2: well, he's... I, for somebody who is who we know from the uh, champions video c- is pretty can get pretty stirred can up the fourth time. Yes, well, actually yeah. on the touchline he tends <coughs> to be quite undemonstrative, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean that he's not welling up inside, or uh, for good or bad. But um, so I dare say he could handle yeah. the odd question. Uh, <laughs> alternatively, if he doesn't want to say anything, I think he'll <laughs> he'll pass the uh, 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 the
0: microphone on to Danny yeah. Searle of Aldershot. <laughs> I dare say. But yes, it's it's to set the old VHS and come. To the game, isn't it? But I think um, so.
2: Uh, you know, it'd be a shame for, if, if the gate was affected in any way. Order shot are going to bring, you know, bring couple, a couple of hundred aren't they? You know, yeah, that's yeah. the danger. Is that normally they they might watch it on BT Sport, yeah. which would be a shame, because. We look forward to games against Aldershot and they Always fans, do, don't, don't we, we? Yeah, and, yeah. and um, so that would be a bit of a shame hopefully they've all booked up anyway and they're coming no matter what but Bank holiday um, weekend
0: on the English Riviera isn't yeah, it yeah there's a lot, they'll, to
2: be, lot to be said for it they'll be down um, so yeah I I mean I think we
0: should get 3,000 plus on Saturday yeah. certainly hope so it'd be a real shame if, if uh, you know if if Telly affected that, it be a good test for Torquay as well, wouldn't it? Especially the, the next home game after the frustrations, let's say, then of the Maidenhead game. It's, um, yeah, and Aldershot will be quite a stern test, won't right? they? Well, they're, 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 they've had a complete rebuild there yeah. um,
2: after obviously what was a pretty disastrous season last season. They got, quote, relegated, close quotes, mm-hmm. and then were then reprieved by uh, Gateshead's demise. Um, uh, new manager, virtually new playing staff. Um, and they've made a indifferent start, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know I, th- I think um, they will. Yes, definitely they'll, they'll certainly be up for it. They've got one or two reasonably experienced players in the team, um, and uh, no, I th- I, th- I think it's a really good game for, for Torquay. Yeah, it's coming, the at, the right time, it? coming yeah. at the right time. It's coming at the right time. Big atmosphere, uh, yeah, big crowd. E- exactly, and and if United could get another win under their belts, that yeah. would be what three wins from the first six matches. Um, you know, You're know, beginning
0: to get back up to the point where the supporters had hoped we would be. Aren't yeah, I mean, yeah. It, yeah, that would, if, if
2: United could win and we don't want get to get ahead of ourselves, that would give them, what, 10 points mm. out of 18? Yeah, come on, that's, that's, that's not bad. And We're you kick on and head to Barnage yeah. on Monday.
0: So talking about the Aldershot game for a little bit There's been a a lot of reminiscing going on On social media this week About a previous game against Aldershot October 2012 In a howling gale I'm not thinking 4-3 here You are indeed (laughs) A a League 2 match in in awful weather conditions It
2: was, with Martin Langer's manager
0: He was indeed Guy Branston played for Aldershot Did he? On that day Yeah, Branston played for Aldershot And Aaron Downs of course was in the Torquay team Yes on that day, in my memory, we were three 0 down at half time, but we, we weren't. Were. It was two oh, nil at half time, right. into the teeth of the gale. Yeah. A chap by the name of Craig Reed scored two oh, in the first yes. half, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they added another one just against the conditions just after the break. Three nil to down. put us three nil down. Yeah but the comeback was absolutely thrilling. It's yeah. on YouTube and thank you very much to the fans yeah. who've been sharing didn't it around on social media. Ashley Yeoman did hey. get one that night. Billy Boding got the first one. Oh, did he? Who nice scored finish. for Preston
2: uh, in the Championship last night against Stoke City. There you go. Uh, I mean, Ryan knew it was a through the keeper's leg job, but never mind. They well all, done, count. Yeah, they yeah, all it.
0: count. Ryan Jarvis got the second one.
2: Oh, did he? Right.
0: Ashley Yeoman, the third, with a glancing header. header yeah. We'll come to Ashley Yeoman in a bit in our uh, in our local players feature. Yep. And the winning goal, right towards the end. Apparently, Nico had hit the bar
1: just wow. before
0: yeah. Renee Howe. Great finish from the edge of the box to yes, make it four-three. Yes, yes, terrific finish from yeah. the edge of
2: the box. It was. It was tipping down, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah, a horrible yeah.
0: night. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's just one of those um, Aldershot games that oh. we look back on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we could do with it <laughs> without. Let's not give Aldershot another 3 goals no. start on Saturday.
0: But I can't believe that seven years ago. But that's because oh we're dear. getting older, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It is. Seven wow. years ago on that one so and then coming up very very quickly after that is the game at Barnet
2: less than 48 hours later
0: on Monday this um, August bank holiday playing two games thing is fairly recent though isn't it
2: Um, yes last Uh, few years it's a bit
0: like Easter really
2: isn't it Uh, and the difference being that at Easter most clubs move their Saturday fixture forward to the Friday Yeah. so you then got Friday Monday rather than Saturday Monday I mean if you want to get all po-faced about it well hold on a minute what about Christmas Teams used to play, you know, on on if it was the Saturday, Saturday before Christmas, and then Boxing Day, all that kind of stuff. I think it's quite a big ask. We're not quite in the Bolton Wanderers. Um, Hold on a minute, we're asking too much of our young players here situation their their squad can't be much younger than (laughs) (laughs) ours there you go Um, but uh, no I I think you know Barnet will have had what two hours longer yeah (laughs) I don't think that's a huge marginal gains we're
0: we're in Team Sky's marginal gains here aren't we
2: absolutely so no uh, I think United can cope and and as Gary was saying in his press conference this morning uh, one of the best things about the last few weeks is particularly with Liam Davis returning
0: to Mm -hmm. Fitness. Yes, we, we should mention that, uh, yeah,
2: and Ryan Dixon training today as well, yeah. which is a, a good site. Is that there are options now right, right through the squad? Um, uh, Olaf Kusela is obviously still out on loan at Tiverton. Um, uh, I wouldn't be too all surprised if one or two others I'm not even mm. thinking about a name at the moment, but uh, well, yeah, I don't know. It would, Motor is on loan, isn't he? So he won't be going back out. Um, uh, but there's plenty of options in the yeah. squad and that showed last Saturday at Dover. Mo Toure yeah. was, was in the squad for the first time, Lucas Cobbland back, yeah. uh, Manny Duku and Frankie Vincent, neither of them even made the bench and we know what good players they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the situation at the moment, the, the, the squad is big, strong yeah. or big enough, strong enough to sustain two games in two days, I
0: think. And Acer Hall will be available for selection Monday. Oh, it is just exactly. a one game ban, isn't it? Is, it is, thank goodness. For the, uh, yeah, for the yeah.
2: um, so if United go to town on Aldershot on Saturday, he might go to bed on Saturday night thinking, How on earth am I going to Having get back into fight Alexi? my See, way back it,
0: into that team. But, uh, it's a good problem to, a have, good though, problem though, isn't to it? have. And Barnet are decent again. Barnet, this is going oh, to be quite a big game. Some good players there, um, uh, some
2: of them known to us. Yeah. Uh, let's try and stop Dan Sparks getting in too many crosses yeah. from their left wing um, uh, come on Ben Winter <laughs> that's a big night big day for you it is yeah. um, we know how dangerous he can be Shaquille Coolthirster there who of course played so well for United in 2015 he was 2015 uh, here on 15, loan under
0: Chris Hargreaves wasn't he from Spurs Yeah. did his yeah.
2: damnedest to keep us in the Football League and yeah. nearly did um, Simeon Akinola who I've always thought was a very talented player used to be at Braintree yeah. um, uh, and quite a few others you know decent lower lower league players at this level yeah. um, and and um, yeah that'll be a tough old game it
0: will which brings at us the to the hive
2: at the hive no longer at underhill oh, which, is a shame, shame. which yeah. is a shame which is a shame the hive is a very neat and tidy place <laughs> brackets if, unless you're trying to park your car anywhere near all oh, right okay um,
0: but uh it's not underhill is it it's not underhill which takes us back to the 5th of may wow 2001 when a crowd of 5,523 inside the ground and at least one bloke at the top of a tree I think there were more than just one in the, outside tree the top ground. Top Mr Curry yeah. was up on the top of a tree yeah. outside the ground um, that, what a game that was. that was that was the game either Torquay or Barnet were going down
2: well it, it, that day. it, it, it all came together for that last match obviously the, the results of the previous week if you look back on now you think well why on earth they make it all ticket. The problem was yeah. is that it wasn't until uh, both teams' previous results were resolved that they knew that it was all on the last game. Yeah. And the other interesting factor for uh, from a crowd point of view was that there was no Premier League matches that afternoon.
0: So oh, right, was it international? Something like that. Yeah, something like that.
2: Anyway, uh, and of course. The, football, uh, the BBC Football Focus started casting around the rest of the league to see what issues they could home in on right at the end of the season. My goodness, there's an all-or-nothing game at Barnet. So that cranked up the publicity for the match. Yeah, um, And uh, there, there were plenty of stories of, you know, obviously... 1500 United fans turned up that was the conservative estimates I think Um, plus the Barnet fans and of course there were supporters from Spurs and Arsenal decided (laughs) to go along for the day uh, and there are many apocryphal stories real or apocryphal stories of Barnet, uh, of Arsenal fans standing in the queues to get in realising that yeah. there was all these people from Torquay and actually pulling out of the queues and said no 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 if you've come up all the way up from Torquay for this we'll we'll cop out and watch yeah. it the, watch it in the pub I've, I've um, heard that
0: I think I was probably one of the last people to get in the granks. we got there pretty early didn't we, yeah, as, we did. as we tend to do yeah. I think we went for a pint we went
2: for a pint in the, the pub up in the park
0: and then I think there were probably only about 10 people behind me me that actually got in really because I wasn't actually working that day, so yeah. I went through the turnstile. Yeah. Not many others got in behind me. No, I don't
2: Colin think. Lee, caretaker, well, caretaker effectively, the manager had yeah. taken over from Wes Saunders. Um, 2001, um, uh, just a day that I don't think anybody will ever who was no. there will ever forget. Um, the, the, the injury to Lee Harrison, the Barnet goalkeeper, quite early in the match, which yeah. ended up having. A, a sort of a huge, it was a huge blow for Barnett in the circumstances. Well, you forget
0: how much happened in that game. How much drama there was piled on the drama. Because yeah. yeah, Lee Harrison went off very early on. Jason Reese puts in front with a, with a hell after of a 11 strike. minutes. Yeah. And then he got carried off. He got carried off. And he watched the rest of the game leaning on crutches in front of the, uh, the away dugout. Yeah. Uh, what a player he was, by the way. Yeah. Wholehearted player. Yeah. He used player. to put
2: his foot in, didn't he? He certainly yeah. did. And, and, of course, United played down the Underhill slope. And anybody who's never been to Underhill, and they probably never will now, um, it if, was you, a proper if you slope, stood wasn't on the it? goal line at one end... Yeah the top the The goal line at the other end was above your head. It was that much of a of a, of a slope at
0: underhill, and i've done it, so I know it's true um, Kevin Hill made it two nil yep. after twenty five minutes. Uh, then Stuart Jones saved a penalty for us. After forty five Jimmy Agri, wasn't it? Jimmy Agri, Handled the for ball for some
2: unaccountable reason threw his hand right above his head in the in, the, in the penalty area. It was th- in other words, the handball law wouldn't have a problem <laughs> no. with, with with that. that was, clear are penalty. we putting
0: that down as an unnatural <laughs> position? <laughs> Pretty
2: <laughs> much, yeah. And Jimmy Agri was about <laughs> six foot five anyway. <laughs> yeah. That was the, his hand must have been at about eight foot when he when, yeah. when the ball hit it.
0: David Graham made it three nil a minute before the break.
2: Right. So United are three up. Uh, At uh, half-time. having played down the hill and uh, but of course it was one of those afternoons where in all normal circumstances you think 3-0 here we go, 3 points, thank you very much but when it's on the last day of the season and relegation and your place in the football league is yeah. hanging on the result nothing is ever that
0: simple and it, uh, Barnett threw everything. It was like Rourke's drift in the second it half, was. wasn't it? Down the slope. Um, Barnett absolutely threw everything at it. Uh, it was an own goal, wasn't it, that um, yeah, got them back in? Yeah, Ryan uh, Green, like Ryan
2: Green, the right-back.
0: Yeah, an own goal, got them back into it on the hour. Uh, then a rare mistake from Stuart Jones let um, Lee Healed in to make it 3-2. There was still 15 minutes to go oh, then, though.
2: Yeah, I and mean, obviously a draw would, w- was good enough for United. Yeah. Barnet had to win, but... You know, you just had this horrible feeling with 15 minutes to go that if Barnett had equalised, <laughs> you, you they'd have gone on, wouldn't <laughs> they? They might well have gone yeah. on. And of course, United had odd chances on the br- on on the counter. Who, who was our big centre forward who missed an absolute sitter up front? Um, Alongside David Graham, completely yeah. clear he was. Oh goodness gracious, dreadful! The old brain's gone. <laughs> Um, uh, and
0: uh, yeah, I mean, United held on to a three-two win. Scenes afterwards, as well, everybody on the pitch. Colin Lee out on the pitch with the fans. Yeah. Jason Reese on his crutches out yeah. on the pitch with the fans. And by the way, as far as I know, for such a huge match and an absolutely
2: you know packed crowd, five and a half thousand, whatever mm. there was there, as big as many as could get in, I don't recall any serious trouble that afternoon. No, I don't. And hats off to Barnet yeah. fans. For, for, and John Still, of course, who's gone on to wonderful success since then, was the manager that afternoon. Mm. And, you know, if you imagine what the, the, the awful feeling <clears throat> it would have been for those Barnett yeah. fans yeah. To, yeah. Have, to, have, to have gone down in those circumstances. You know, at the start of the afternoon, they're at home, home win, and they're safe, and talking it down. Yeah. And they'd lost it 3 2 at home. And I don't recall any serious trouble. I'm sure somebody will probably. Remember that somebody yeah. spoke out of turn in a pub somewhere afterwards, and you know, it was I don't, an issue. But I don't, I, I don't, don't remember, remember any. No. And uh, all credit to both sets of
0: supporters, um, particularly with how high emotions were running. Yeah, and it was was that the afternoon when Hilly gave all his kit away, dangerously close to giving all of his kit away. By the way, <laughs> well, all that counted. Yeah, it, yeah yes. I he I was running so. around in yeah. his jockstrap. Uh, I yeah, remember. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, a day that. Yeah. nobody who was there will
0: ever forget and probably people who are listening on the radio as well It's true, it's these kind of things isn't it it's games like that Aldershot comeback and that Barnet game, you always remember Aldershot, yeah we had a great game against them Barnet, yeah remember that it's it's these fixtures that uh, just kind of throw up they're a bit special aren't they It's just part of a club's history isn't it and, um, it is indeed. and
2: whenever we play those clubs again those g- games are up. always
0: recalled Yeah Moving on, a bit of any other By the business. Way, take a three-two at Barnet. Oh, yeah, mark, at right, absolutely, <laughs> bit of any other business on the agenda um, before we get on to the big puzzle that we set last week. Uh, more good news for Kiefer Moore. Yeah, Kiefer Moore is in the Wales squad for the Azerbaijan uh, Euro qualifier. Um, September the I can't remember it's, well, it's you're sometime next month Welshman, aren't
2: you Welshman uh, yeah.
0: um, you know about these things I'm, yeah, I'm no. as Welsh as Kiefer Morris. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah good good to see that wouldn't it be great to see him get a game in that one as well because the the Welsh squad is in a bit of transition isn't it they've left Af- Ashley Williams out there are some senior players who are kind of coming to the end of their time in you the squad you get the
2: feeling that Ryan Giggs is trying to blood a a new generation of international players and good luck to him with that indeed
0: Uh, another bit uh, date for your diary as well on Saturday um, you could get to this before the Torquay game as well Harbert and Ford are playing a Stoke Gabriel 11 uh, at 2 o'clock down at and Ford, it's a game in memory of Steve Jane. Oh, and they're going to name wonderful. or rename their ground the Steve Jane Memorial Field. Well, well. Uh, so there's a game down there. Lots of old players are playing in that one. The Fords are at home to uh, Stoke. Obviously, Steve was a big name for both of those teams. Two o'clock kickoff, sir. Oh, so you, you've got yeah. time to get down there and uh, yeah. be part of a, a little bit of local football history.
2: Oh, I do hope that goes well.
0: Before you go to the play Weather more. is set fair as well, isn't it? Should be all right, shouldn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah should be good. Which brings us then to the puzzle that we set you last week Uh, having had the help of the Yorkshire goals to put and Julian of course to put together a Yorkshire born Torquay eleven, which went much better than we expected it (laughs) would we threw it out there last week to put together a squad of players born within the TQ postcode yeah
2: we're talking South Devon aren't
0: we we are talking anywhere in South Devon Exeter doesn't count thank you very much to everybody who's thrown players names into the ring here thank you very much to David Phillips the ex-club chairman who messaged me um, overnight with um, with his squad. Let's start with him, shall we? Let's start with David, uh, his thoughts on the uh, the players. He says, he says he goes back a long time and appreciate that, that neither of us might remember some of the players that well, he's we come up with. No, no. So the players that he's come up with, uh, goalkeeper, quite easy, says Peter Wakem from Kingsbridge. Yes. A player from the late 50s who was reserved for England under-23s while he was at Plainmore. And went on to play for Sunderland. Uh, in defence, uh, here's a player that we, does. We'd forgotten Gary Monk, of course. Yes, Gary Monk in defence. He'll,
2: he'll do as a centre half.
0: Mike Williamson, although we, we think Mike Williamson's a naturalised Torquay player, isn't he? Was he uh, born in? He was in born in Bedford, I
2: think, but he grew up in. He. he he's it's okay. close enough. Yeah, I, I, I would have thought so. It's not, it's not as if he came here when he was 17 or 18 I and mean, when he went to school in, in, exactly. if, uh, in Paynton. So, if Kiefer yeah.
0: Moore can play for Wales and I can support Wales, then Mike Williamson can play in our Absolutely. Georgia United team.
2: Two centre-halves. Uh,
0: George Northcott oh, sorry, John Rossiter from Kingsbridge, early 50s. Yes,
2: but not many games really.
0: George Northcott, now late fifties.
2: George Northcott, definitely. Um, 172 appearances in the fifties and early sixties.
0: In the midfield, he's got Ian Twitchin, of course. First well, name I, on arm. I, I wondered chief.
2: whether whether actually Ian Twitchin would do as a right back. Um, Quite possibly. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's where he played most of his games for United. And has as Dave picked a left back yet?
0: No. Well, I just, uh, let me have a little look. No. He ha- well because. Rossiter and Williamson he's gone for us well, two and three how about Robbie Herrera Robbie well we'll come we'd, we'd, we'll come to the other suggestions in a moment the extras right fair Bec- enough I'll carry on with Dave so. well his next one is, um, is a player who's the second name on our team sheet after Ian Twitchin is Mark Loram well you've got to have I, Mark Loram I've
2: been juggling United have been absolutely so well-endowed, is that the right word? Um, well, 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 let's go with it anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, uh, for wingers, for locally-born wingers. Yeah. And actually, I've had to whip a couple of wingers <laughs> out of my team and stick them in midfield or up
0: front. Brilliant, OK. okay. Was Mark he... Lorem is, uh, yes, definitely. As he says, an abundance of forwards. Uh, mentioned there for Kiefer Moore and, of course, Jamie Reed, who yep. walks into the team at the moment. Quite. Flying wingers, Steve Morale and Bruce Stuckey.
2: Bruce Stuckey obviously Bruce has, as to, as has well. to be in, involved there somewhere, but hold on a minute, what about. Well, the, we'll come to the. the, 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 well, the in incomparable
0: the Tommy Northcott. Centre forward. Centre forward. Yeah. Uh, Graham Bond is in there as well.
2: But he was a winger, really. Well, yeah, we, yeah. we're
0: moving to the. And the, finally, the ex St Mary Church Spurs winger Ernie Pym.
2: Ernie Pym, well, he, he's <laughs> obviously included him, but. Uh, pardon how about Colin Lee
0: Colin uh, Lee to manage my, manage the team of oh. course but he would play up front well, he could play t- up front tell him <laughs> absolutely <laughs> he'd get in my team yeah, I, I think, think I think
2: he might get in
0: so, okay, thank you very much for that, David. So, some of the other teams that we've got. Well, the one that we hastily scribbled down as well, and Julian chipped in. Goalkeeper, we scribbled down Phil Jocelyn. Didn't well, I?
2: exactly. That's the, the name that I, I obviously never saw him play. Um, 151 games, born in Kingstainton. Yeah. Um, he was one of the many players whose careers were affected by the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Started playing for United in the middle to late 30s. Uh, and eventually moved to Cardiff City in 1947 and was an even bigger star for Cardiff City than yeah. he was for Torquay so uh, i think you have a a bit of a duel between him and wakem yeah. um, everybody who saw peter wakem play is always very uh, complimentary about how yeah. good he was so um, I, I i i bow to their to to, to their their expertise on
0: that and Julian suggests, of course, Dan Lavercombe, Daniel Lavercombe.
2: Daniel Lavercombe, Robbie Robbins,
0: Robbie uh, Robbins. played yeah. for um, yeah.
2: uh, quite a few games. And Mark Coombe, um, yes. a, a Torquay yeah. lad, um, is, is uh, still around yeah. in Torquay and uh, he played a few games. But all of those, Lavercombe, Coombe and Robbins, in quite difficult circumstances when United mm. were struggling a bit. Yeah. Not, 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 that was the reason they, they were put in, but when people were injured and did pretty well when they came in.
0: yeah defenders then we've mentioned a few of these already but Ian Twitching of course has to be in there Rob, Robbie Herrera you mentioned
2: yeah definitely Robbie um, would be in there um, Darren Can, the young Can. local yeah. set centre half Kevin um, Wills painting lad oh I'd forgotten him in midfield
0: uh, well I was, I was putting him in defence If really? only to, mo- to make some room For the abundance of riches We've got in midfield Oh right So have a word with Kevin And say look You're going to have to slot in I'm sure in Kevin's the sort of player somewhere. Who
2: uh, you could go to him On a Friday and say Kev have you ever played Yeah okay yeah, <laughs> And he in. wouldn't even ask What position it was You'll do <laughs> yeah. Steve Tully Of course Yes of course Defender Yeah So Gabriel Obviously played most of his career At Exeter City Yeah Shame, shame about that But um, uh, Yes of course Steve Tully I Steve haven't Tully. him in
0: Bradley Beattie Yes, of course, I'm in there. Up front. Yes, of course, I'm in the wrong position. Um, now. Ed Palmer,
2: as well. Been, more recently, my goodness, yeah. Um, local strikers like Morris Cox, yeah, played a lot more games and scored more goals than people people think. Richard Goslin, who was from Bubby oh, Tracy, yes. Yes, um, is. you could fact him. Andy Rowland, um, who of course played in United's, um, came on as a sub, I think, when United beat Blackpool in the uh, playoff final. At, I think he did? Uh, uh, yeah, um, at Wembley. Um, Derek Fowler, um, during the bad days under Dave Webb in the mid nineteen eighties when he, he picked up quite a lot of local younger players. Gary Perry, I remember, a winger from Newton Abbott Spurs, he signed him as well. Um, when he was put famously putting out a team for about a thousand quid a week. Yes. Um, uh, those lads. And supporting came and it with a car boot sale in the, in the away yeah. end. And and those lads all right, they won't go down in the history of the club as you know, all-time greats, but they uh, they got stuck in and, and helped out um, when they were called on.
0: When we're talking forwards, the uh, chap we've just mentioned, Ashley Yeoman, we liked Ashley Yeoman, didn't well, we? Well, what, what st- a, still like him. I'm what, sure he's a very likable chap. But what, we what liked a, him what what when a, he was at Torquay. What
2: a, what a great finisher he was! he yeah. always uh, scored when he came oh, on. Oh, just it was it was like if he's on, he'll get one. Yeah. Um, never quite worked never out. Never quite for him, worked it? out for him, did he? What a what a shame! Um, I remember Martin Ling was hugely. Hopeful that he would go on and yeah. uh, and really become a top player, um, and never quite did. Uh, yeah, it but happens. I and
0: mean, we kind of skipped midfield then, so uh, it's back into midfield where Russell Ma-
2: Musker, by the way. Yeah. Born in Tynmouth I'd forgotten that he's a he's a South Devon lad. I played a lot of a, games as well. He did. He, I mean, yeah. he went away, uh, played for Gillingham for quite a few years. So the fact that he went away and came back probably um, made his name elsewhere. In other words. Uh, probably put me off the scent with him.
0: Uh, Matt Hockley, of course. Well, Hockers Hawkers is in
2: now. Uh,
0: Third name on the team the sheet: <laughs> Twitchin' Loram Hockley. I'm yeah. a happy man with yeah. those three team well players. In. Yeah. Uh, Ian Basto. Ian Basto is in there. Leon Hapgood. Oh, I would have forgotten. that. with the with the uh, the 90s curtains haircut. And
2: played a lot more games than people think, Leon. Yeah. Um, nothing of him, but a, a little terrier. Uh, in midfield, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Bruce Stuckey, we've mentioned Ernie Pym, we've mentioned Steve Morrell, we've mentioned. Good to Steve, Steve
2: Morrell. I'll bet if I if you are, if you threw this one at how many games Steve Morrell played in the uh, in the nineteen seventies, hundred and seventy-five games he played for Torquay.
0: Yeah,
2: extraordinary. He he was he was at United for six years, probably something like that. Um, a lot of matches, a lot of matches, and. It's a fixture and, in that team, and, wasn't he? No, really was. Uh, and I wouldn't have thought there's been a quicker a, 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 over overground, mm. a quicker player than him. When he when when Steve Morrell turned it into overdrive,
0: yeah, uh, he
2: was blindingly quick.
0: And Ryan Ashington gets a Ooh. mention. Ryan Ashington, yeah. local lad as well. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't have last gone on with that. Back not in the least. 1950s, uh, 60s, by the way. Um, two names: Jeff Tolchard.
0: Yes. Um, yeah.
2: uh, on the right wing under Eric Weber and Frank O'Farrell and John Evans who is still um, in and around Playmore obviously went on to fame and greatness as a bowler he's a great bowler isn't yeah, he won yeah. uh, a Commonwealth yeah. Games silver medal in mm-hmm. Christchurch back in the 70s um, uh, right winger talkie born and bred still a huge supporter of the club um, yeah, um, and and one name you threw in last week was Ian Sanderson, which I who, who, yes, I, who I would yeah. have forgotten was he from Brixham?
0: Brixham. Uh, we played for Brixham United. So did, did Steve he? Carpenter as well. Steve oh, Carpenter oh, was a Brixham yes. United player wow. who um, who was drafted in under David Webb. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, yeah, it's, see, it's one of those ones. The more you think about it, the more names suddenly you'll think of somebody that you know and that go oh you know, my oh goodness he played yeah, he yeah. played and, at that time and,
2: um, many many apologies to anybody We've that, forgotten that either we or or other people who have been contributing teams yeah. uh, might have forgotten I'm sure it would be highly embarrassing There's, somebody's going to suggest one that we go oh my goodness oh, how did we miss that <laughs> yeah.
0: but there we go thank you very much for your input into that we'll set you another riddle at some point we'll think of something appropriate but uh, i think that brings us to an end to our outside broadcast podcast here at seal Hain, home to all the shots and they don't forget it's a 520 and as gary says set the old beta max and get to play more. You're showing your age. <laughs> <What> you <see>? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you get the best of both worlds and then you get the game and you get to go home afterwards and dissect it with your own VAR replays, much to the joy and delight of your families, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, no, there's nothing like live football.
0: Absolutely, especially at Playmore. Yeah. So come and see us um, if you're in the vicinity of Bristow's bench. We're always happy to um, to hear your feedback on the podcast, whether it's good or whether it's bad. The training session sounds as if it's in full swing up there. There you go, a lot there. of shouting, a lot of shouting going on. Quite right too. And uh, every now and then a ball sails over and bounces off the uh, off the porter cabins down here. That's a uh, get the uh, get the misses out of the way in training. Thank you very much for your time. We'll see you Saturday, and as ever, come, come on, on you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast. Recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL. or on Twitter at TQHESport. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Search for United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.